Welcome back to Wendell Radio. I'm Brianna. And I'm Alyssa. And we are two sisters who have grown up with a profound love for the NBC TV miniseries, The Tenth Kingdom. As we rewatch The Tenth Kingdom in 45 minute chunks, we'll fill you in on all of the important plot details and we'll discuss all of the epic goings on. In our first episode, which hopefully you've listened to if you found us on the second episode, <laughs> uh, we met our main characters, Virginia and Tony, a father-daughter duo from New York City. We've also met several inhabitants of the Nine Kingdoms Dimension, which is a fairy tale world where all of our fairy tales are their history and their present is the after of the happily ever after of the stories we know. Before we jump into the plot, we have a couple of things to discuss, though. Um, before we jump into our next 45 minutes of the movie first last episode we said um how i got introduced to the tenth kingdom but Alyssa didn't get to share so Alyssa, why don't you um regale her audience with what you remember about (laughs) the tenth kingdom (laughs) all right well i do remember the day that we mom and i picked you up from your friend ashley's house you had a slumber party And the minute you got into the car, you couldn't stop um, raving about this movie that she had you watch. You tried to tell me what it was about. I was very confused, wasn't sure. Oh, I never heard of anything like it. I'll just say that. So I really didn't know what to expect, but we went home and I think we might have watched it that day or a few days later and I was just instantly in love with it. Yeah. I was hooked ever since. (laughs) Yeah. Then we got the VHS tapes and we got the DVDs. Yeah, now I have three copies. <laughs> Just waiting to get it on Blu-ray, I think, next. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, cool. Good introduction. Yeah, so, so I have kingdom. you to thank for that, actually. You're welcome. Thank you, Ashley, wherever you are, for introducing us to this fine piece of cinematography. Yeah, shout out to Ashley. We wouldn't <laughs> be here if it weren't for you. <laughs> All right, our second item, uh, I just wanted to clarify about the info we shared last episode about the credits for the movie. The story and screenplay were written by Simon Moore, and then the writing duo known as Catherine Wesley wrote a novelization of the screenplay. So if you buy the book, it's just like the screenplay, but like the novel version. So just wanted to clear that up. Anything you wanted to clarify from the first episode, Alyssa? Not really. Uh, just that we are focusing on the uh, cinematic version here, not the book. <laughs> Correct. So, I've never read the book. Have you? No, I haven't. But reading the wiki, there was a lot of information that said in book in parentheses oh. next to certain things. So I uh, just didn't want our listeners to be confused. Yeah. Or... Well, here's what we'll do is after we finish this series, we will make a podcast series on the book. Sounds great. That could be, <laughs> It'll be a book club. Book club yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, then let's just jump right back into the 10th kingdom. Let's Woo! do it. Yeah. In this episode, we'll start with Virginia and Prince. Um, they're going back to Central Park so she can abandon him where they met. <laughs> <laughs> That's just too much for her at this point. Bitch is only 45 minutes in. Just wait. <laughs> Seriously. Tony, um, he's getting arrested for having that million dollars from his dragon dung bean wish. Um, and then Wolf is leaving the psychiatrist's office. So let's jump back in with Tony. Um, so he got those dragon dung beans. Now he is 
Um, getting arrested. Getting arrested because what his last wish was like, ooh, I want a million dollars so I can buy this lady some underwear. <laughs> and like the million dollars that shows up, he didn't know this, but turns out it's like missing from a bank jo- a robbery job yes. or something. So the police think that Tony did it. Um, so they arrest him, even though he has like a total alibi with like 30 manservants just like <laughs> vouching for him being there. But I don't think those manservants really help his situation though. <laughs> yeah. So he gets arrested and the police are taking him away in handcuffs and <laughs> they're talking to him. They're like, oh yeah, sir, whatever. You had a magic mushroom and that's how this money came up on your door. And he's like, what? Magic mushroom? No. Uh, but I did have a dragon dung bean. <laughs> <laughs> didn't eat a magic bean. Yeah. <laughs> so the police think he's nuts and he's like, like, they're carrying him away, basically. And <laughs> Marie's mom is, like, the 90-year-old woman who's, like, wearing this, her own version of the three-piece suit. <laughs> bright red. Yeah, it's, like, bright red, like, skirt suit. Um, she comes out, because apparently she's been working on this elevator all night. <laughs> and uh, it's almost working. So we know that that means that them trolls are about to be out. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> so... They cart Tony off, um, and then it actually does show the trolls. They are in the elevator still, and they're starting to lose it. Um, yeah, it didn't take long. Yeah, <laughs> they're tired of being in the confines of the matchbox in her pocket. Um, so they still think that Virginia is a witch who, like, put them in there. Uh, they start, like, I don't know where if they have, like, a blunt instrument on them or if there happens to be, like, an axe in the elevator or something. But I think it's Bluebell or Burley starts just, like whatever just like raging on this elevator with this blunt (laughs) object and then it starts moving the elevator and they can tell that they're descending and so they're like oh cool well brace yourselves we're about to enter the underworld and like it opens up and they're just in the lobby so they figure it out but they're just like amazed at like the magic of this elevator then it switches back to wolf he is searching um through books at an outdoor market type thing that's in central park and he is uh, looking for the books that the psychiatrist in the last episode gave him to, like, it's like self-help books. Um, so he's asking the bookseller lady, like, hey, here's my list of books. Can you help me find these? And boy, do we have some commentary on the bookseller's <laughs> outfit. We'll wait for Lord Rupert's fashion corner at the end. But this bookseller lady is like one of the best outfits in this whole film. Yeah, it's very creative <laughs> look she has going. <laughs> Which maybe was just the 90s. <laughs> we just like... Oh, I didn't even think of that. Like the historical time period yeah. context. <laughs> yeah, she's supposed to be kind of bohemian, I think. But yeah. Yeah, like you said, we'll get into that yeah, in we'll, a minute. Yeah, we'll wait for Lord Rupert's fashion corner. So um, <laughs> then it switches back to Tony, he's in his police car. He's like trying to bribe them <laughs> to get out of the situation. He's like, because he knows he has his his last dung bean wish, or he has two more dung bean wishes at this point. Yes. So he's like, "Do you want cars? Do you want women? Like, I can boats. give you anything. Boats? Yeah. Why would they want a boat? They're cops in New York." <laughs> Why is he even trying to bribe them? I mean, I think that's a little shady, but... Yeah, so they're like, like, yeah, yeah, guy, you're just digging yourself in, like, further and stuff. So he, he does end up making a magic dung bean wish that he can get out of the car. He, well, yeah, he wishes to escape. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, the brakes stop working on the police car, and then it crashes into... Lo and behold, the same outdoor market type area that Wolf is at, at the bookseller stall... And then um, once the police or car like crashes, somehow like the cops, like their cars won't, their doors won't open, like they're pinned in or something and Tony can get out. So Tony escapes. So his dung bean wish does work. Was it a horse carriage? I don't think so. It gets loose or an ambulance or something. 
I don't remember. That whole escape scene, it's kind of... Yeah, I can't remember. But anyway, Tony escapes. He get yeah, the escape scene yeah. is escaping him. <laughs> but Tony leaves, and um, he is now like just literally on the run, <laughs> like running through Central Park. Um, he has like his hands cuffed behind him and stuff. Wolf, he like from all this commotion, ends up running away from the bookstall seller or bookseller like market stall. I mean, he has, like, a huge stack of books. And he's, like, <laughs> running away, and he doesn't pay. And, like, the bookseller is like, hey, you didn't pay for that. But he's like, bye. Um, and as he's running, he's literally carrying, like, 20 books. And they just start, like, falling out of his arms as he runs away. Thankfully, though, he's able to hold on to. Yeah, quite a few gems that yes. we'll <laughs> get into. Um, then it shows Virginia and Prince. Um, she's trying to help Prince find out where he came from. Um, but he just keeps, like, barking at her because, obviously, she can't understand him. Um, and so she's, like, getting really frustrated. Like, I don't know what you want. Like, just go back. I don't know where you came from. I can't help you find anything if I don't know where you're from. Maybe, like, a humane society would have been a good place to start. Yeah, not, like, <laughs> just the woods. But she can tell, like, her, like you said, she has good intuition. She can tell yes. something is afoot. So. That's true. Tony's running through the woods. Uh, the police are hot on his trail. Virginia sees him. They pair up. Um, now he's with... Uh, her and Wendell and so Tony uses his last wish to understand what Prince is saying so now Prince well Wendell in the dog's body they call the dog Prince um, <laughs> he can communicate well he has been communicating but now Tony can understand him telepathically telepathically um, and it's the same voice as the like uh, human Prince Wendell body Yes. So, um, so now Tony can at least hear what Prince is saying. There's like a SWAT team that's running through the woods now, <laughs> and the <laughs> they have like full riot gear on. <laughs> yeah. Um, Prince is telling them that they're looking for a magic mirror and that he just needs to like get them through that because there's like a lot of danger that they're in and they need to jump uh, find this mirror, magic mirror. And so they're like, what? So they like start running around. Um, Wolf hears Prince barking, or he hears a dog bark. I assumed it was Prince. And he heads towards the dog barking. Yeah. Um, and then Tony and Virginia and Prince, they actually find the mirror. And from our dimension, or from the Tenth Kingdom dimension, <laughs> the mirror doesn't look like a mirror. It just looks like, like, um, like kind of foggy, like a foggy rectangle. Like an out of place like shape. a shift shifted yeah it's like it's kind of hard to describe but the cgi is kind of like it's like a magnified doorway kind of thing yeah sort of like a wormhole yeah yeah so it doesn't really look like a mirror necessarily from our dimension but um they find it uh they see the trolls show up in the woods so i guess they presumably like got immediately out of the elevator and they just ran back to central park <laughs> knew exactly where you go yeah <laughs> um, they followed the slot team oh yeah or their smells or something yeah everyone's converging though um so everyone's converging uh the since the trolls show up now tony and virginia and prince are like okay let's just jump through this mirror they jump and we hear that do we hear that again i think so yes all of the mirrors crashing through each other yeah every time they use it i think so they step out into the snow white memorial prison basement um so now they're in the nine kingdoms now, this is where things start to get really good. Yeah, for the next nine hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Strap in. <laughs> uh, 
And, oh, something, a good line that Virginia has, she says, like, um, I'm pretty sure we're not in Central Park anymore or something, which I think is supposed to be, like, a nod to the Wizard of Oz. Like, we're not in Kansas anymore. Yes. And she has a dog. It's, like, her and Toto. So whenever they're, like, walking through the prison, they realize that everyone has been troll-dusted because they recognize that because they were troll-dusted back in New York. It shows the trolls coming back through the magic mirror. And then um, Tony, Virginia, and Prince, like, run to go hide and they're in like um, like the Great Hall type area of Memorial Prison where all the prisoners like eat lunch and things. The canteen. Yeah, the canteen. And there's like a couple guys, like guards and stuff who are like out, um, like troll dusted there. And so anyway, they're like hiding. And then the trolls come through. And did you hear what the trolls were talking about? No. What'd they say? They're talking about a shoe party they're going to have. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> they said, like, a, oh, we'll host footwear parties, and everyone has to change shoes six times an hour. And anyone who doesn't will yeah. be, like, tortured. Yeah. yeah, that was a little oh, random. I wrote it down. They said, anyone who has who's caught having dirty shoes, they will their face will be sewn up. Oh, gross. <laughs> I don't remember that. Probably block that out. And then your shoes will be even dirtier because you don't have a face to, like, see your dirty shoes with to clean them. Yeah, or a tongue to polish them with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so they, they can taste victory. They're, they're really confident. So they, yeah, they're going to have this shoe party for some reason. So they <coughs> are now just looking in the prison. Um, they're supposed to be finding the dog, but as we find out in a few minutes, they really only care about Virginia because they're pissed at her for... Yeah, doing that spell where they got trapped in that matchbox, a.k.a. the elevator. Yeah, and they're just assuming that she must be some kind of really great sorceress. Mm-hmm. She has a lot of magical ability. Yeah. Um, so they leave the scene, and now Prince, Virginia, and Tony, who are hiding behind, like, the tables and, like, benches and stuff in this room, um, they pop up, and there's, like, this huge map on the wall that shows, like, all of the Nine Kingdoms. So Prince starts explaining to them, like, oh, this is, like, the Nine Kingdoms. Here's this map. I'm Prince Wendell. I'm the grandson of Snow White. Um, His full name, I didn't know it beforehand, but I looked it up. His full name is Wendell Winston Walter White. Yeah, that is a mouthful. (laughs) Why would you do that to a kid? (laughs) I mean, it does sound regal, I guess. It does. Jeez, I don't even remember them saying his full name. I don't remember either, but that was in the wiki, so... Well, that's a good thing to know. Yeah. Well, we'll say that ten times less. Yeah. Wendell Winston, Walter White. Wendell Winston, Walter White. Wendell Winston, Walter White. Walter White. Oh, my gosh. What? Okay, Brady Bad totally was stealing some of their their ideas. From (laughs) the 10th Kingdom. Uh... Prince White, like, Prince, Prince White. White. <laughs> Prince Wendell continues to explain, like, that all of, um, cause Tony and Virginia are like, wait, like, Snow White? Like, and, uh, Red Riding Hood? Like, what? And he's like, yeah, like, your fairy tales, those are the, the heroines you're talking about, or like, we call it the golden age when all of those great ladies had their moments in history. Sort of like 200 years past that. Right, like 200 years past that. Um, that kind of acquaints Tony and Virginia to this world that they've stepped in. That then they will pre- like proceed to spend the rest of the film trying to get out of and back home. So then we see Wolf come through the magic mirror and he switches the mirror off. There's like a little, it's not a knob, but it's like a, how would you describe that? I don't know. It's like a little piece. It's like a pe- built in, like a piece at the top of the mirror that if you like swivel it one way, it turns on. If you swivel it back into place, now the mirror's off. It's like a circular Celtic knot yeah. or something. And it's like, it's just like woodwork. But then if you move it, it's like the magic button. So 
He turns it off and leaves the mirror in the basement. And then now he's starting to look for them. Prince, the dog, sniffs out the queen's dog. And then they go to her cell. Because they're like, oh, well, maybe if we can go back and like we'll start searching for clues, basically, and figure out a way to get out of here. Yeah. So let's start with the queen's cell. So they go back to her cell. And as soon as they're in there, Virginia starts feeling really weird. Like she gets kind of like fainty, like she's going to like be sick or something. Or she's like, okay, I need air. I'm going to step out. She has a dizzy spell. Yeah. So she um, goes out into the hallway and then she gets um, hit with some troll dust (laughs) and the three trolls like abduct her and then they slam the door shut and trap Tony and Prince in the evil queen's cell. Uh, So now they're in there. They have Virginia. (laughs) Next, we see a really great shot. Oh, yeah, of the queen and the troll king. They're chatting, um, like, with the prison kind of behind them. They're on, like, this, like, little clearing field area. Feels very Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, like, a super beautiful shot. It is um, beautiful. Because it's, like, the prison, like, in between these mountains and stuff. It's really pretty. But I can't remember what they're talking about. Basically, the queen is saying, I need to borrow your kids. And they're... Um bartering okay the troll king says okay well this is what it's gonna cost you then yeah <laughs> and it shows it shows uh the wendell and so the dog in wendell's body and he's like has no idea how to act like a human he's literally like rolling on the ground on his back <laughs> and she's like yeah that. i'm gonna need some time to work on this <laughs> he, he definitely doesn't know how to act human yet and she promises the troll king he'll have half of the fourth kingdom and he's like yeah but when and um, she's like, soon. So she's still not telling this guy like anything. No. Um, and he can sense that, I think. He's getting anxious about it. Um, but the queen's smart because the troll's like, well, good luck if you guys are just going to like hop in this carriage and go. Like, they're going to be searching the carriages. And she's like, not every carriage. And it's totally true because later, whenever they get to Beantown, they just like raise the... Um, little like partitions they have or whatever the the blockades that they've formed to like do the searches of the carriages and things and he just like goes right on through (laughs) (laughs) would you think it would be the opposite yeah like they'd want more security measures around the prince that's oh yeah that's true and like make sure to check him and stuff yeah but i guess not yeah the queen definitely thought that through that's true when do you think like she started planning this because there's i think this just happened and she's just taking advantage of it like this isn't something that she could have pre-planned See, I feel like I'm recalling some dialogue about it took her X amount of years. I want to say seven or eight years in the cell to plan it. Oh. Or to work on this. Yeah, maybe but so. I don't know. Because it just so happens that the trolls are all at that prison. And it just so happens that the dad comes to break them out. That's And whenever true. he breaks them out, that's when she's like, oh, hey, come rescue me. And then I'll give you half of the fourth kingdom from this plot that I've been planning, like, right now. (laughs) Yeah, she never would have known that those troll kids would have ended up in prison. No, especially because she's kept totally isolated from all the other prisoners, it seems. That's true. Well, maybe it's a little bit This bitch just works quick. Like, (laughs) she just makes these evil plans on the fly. And things kind of happen, like, they're just working out for her. Sort of like they do with Virginia. Maybe it's, like, a magical undertone yeah so then they finish up talking the troll king puts on his magic shoes and he turns invisible these shoes we can go into detail with on uh lord rupert's fashion corner because we haven't actually talked about what the shoes look like and they're pretty cool so we'll talk about those later good Um, so he turns invisible and i guess goes back to his kingdom the troll kids they carry out an unconscious virginia as the prison alarm bells sound so you can like 
they're like, oh no, everyone's starting to wake up. Let's go. And they're like, hey, wait, weren't we supposed to get the dog? And they're like, eh, whatever. We discovered this other dimension that we need to go tell our dad about because we claimed witch. the 10th kingdom. Yeah. And we got to tell him about this witch. <laughs> so we're just going to leave the, leave the dog, whatever. They're like, oh, do you think her dad's like a great sorcerer? Should we go grab him? And they're like, nah, great idiots, more likely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, they could tell. <laughs> why does Tony get all his hate? It's so funny. <laughs> Because he really I hasn't mean, done anything, like, <laughs> oafish or, like, stupid yet. Yeah, nothing's his fault anyway. It's all the magic dumping anyway. Well, I guess, yeah, maybe he's, like, dumb enough to take it. Um. <laughs> I guess, yeah, he does seem to have bad luck throughout the entire film. Yeah. <laughs> Just his personality, I suppose. <laughs> so then it um, ch- cuts back into the prison, and we see the governor slash warden. He's, like, the head of the prison. Uh, and he's, like, questioning Tony with, like, another prison guard. Uh, and they are, like, like how did you, like asking him how he got into the queen's cell. And he's, like, look, I'm from another dimension. Like, all this. And he just kind of lays, like, what's going on, I think. For some reason, they don't believe him. They don't believe him at all. Even though the queen's <laughs> magical. And they all know that. They're, like, just totally blaming him. The magic evil queen is gone. It's, like. So I think they must think, like, Tony let, up, let her out or something. Um, and so they threaten him. That uh, if he, like, if doesn't tell them the truth, like, the governor can make him break rocks with his teeth for a hundred years. Uh-huh. And, like, all these horrible punishments. But Tony's, like, straight up telling him the truth. He's like, and that dog, that's Prince Wendell. <laughs> um, but then Prince Wendell won't go along with it for some, for some reason. I think because he's, like, humiliated of being duped and then now is in this dog body. So, like, he doesn't. Yeah. He's like, bark once if, you're, if I'm telling the truth. And... Uh, Wendell just kind of like he covers his face with his paws. <laughs> yeah, he acts very cowardly about that. Yeah, because he doesn't want to be like humiliated or whatever. So Tony is like, well, this is the truth. Um, he tries to use his la- another wish to get back to New York City. And he actually, he like coughs up the bean. And the dra- the warden guy is like, like there seems to be like some sort of connotation about like a negative one associated with eating the dragon dung beans because they're like, ugh, dragon dung bean. Or like they yeah, like... The stigma against the Yeah, beans. exactly. It's like, hey, they kind of bury him <laughs> or whatever. So then um, they take him to his prison cell and um, <laughs> he gets to meet his... Uh, his cellies, yeah. <laughs> oh, the other thing is that the warden and the um, other prisoner guy, they say that they're going to poison Prince. They're going to start putting, like, rat poison in his food. So as they take um, Tony away to his cell, Prince is telling him, like, it's your duty to get me out of here, Antony. Um, it's your duty to speak up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was on. trying. <laughs> uh, it just raises the stakes because now Prince is, like, facing execution, basically. And Tony is now, like, in the cell and they're parted from each other, so... It shows outside of the prison, the trolls steal, I guess the prison's like on this like waterway. There's like this really pretty lake and stuff. There's like, it goes to a place called Rivertown, um, which is like the next little town that they get to. But uh, the trolls steal a boat in Virginia and they like take it. Um, and there's like a good part where they're like, it was wildly violent to like <laughs> some like boat guys like there. And they like oh, yeah, throw them in the... <laughs> River. And then they hop on a boat and go. And then Wolf steals a boat so he can follow him. Um, and then it goes back into the prison. We get to see Tony meet his cellies. And first we have, do you want to introduce the first one? Sure, we've got Acorn the Dwarf. Yes, Acorn the Dwarf, played by the amazing Work Davis. 
uh, who's in like everything from like Star Wars to Harry Potter. He played that Free Willy movie or <laughs> which one? I thought he was in a movie about like a Shamu. <laughs> I don't or remember no, that. a Willow. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> not Free Willy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's like another fantasy, like medieval type okay. movie. <laughs> I don't or think there's any whales in it. But Willow, you're totally right. We're all killer. <laughs> Um, and we'll talk about Acorn's outfit during Fashion Corner, but he Acorn's had a rough life, you can tell. <laughs> he has, like, a big scarred X over his eye, like, his eye has been removed. Um, yeah. His smile leaves something to be desired because <laughs> it's all, like, <laughs> like, black and crooked, like, his rotten teeth. Um, and he is a dwarf. Um, He's locked up for assault, I read on the wiki. Yes. And he, I think he even says that, is aggravated assault. Yeah. He's serving like a hundred years <laughs> or something. A ridiculous sentence. Acorn is like really obsessed with metal. He's like, oh, if you get stabbed, save the metal for me, won't you? That's true. What's that about? I don't know. So maybe he just like is into metal as a dwarf, like mining and stuff. Or maybe oh, like, it's sense. just like a means for an escape or something. And then we meet his second Selly. <laughs> uh, Clayface the Goblin. Clayface the Goblin. And uh, he asks, like, Tony. So Tony hops in. He's, like, in the middle bunk. And Acorn comes up to talk to him because Acorn's on the bottom bunk. But the guy in the top bunk is Clayface the Goblin. And he just asks uh, Tony, um, do you like carving? <laughs> Tony's like, like flesh? Not like flesh or anything. <laughs> And then, he, and then uh, Clayface, like, um, moves his arm and shows him, like, moves his arm down to the second bunk and shows him, like, a wood, or a, I think it's a rock that he's carving in his his bunk. I always thought it was a piece of soap, but I oh, think it is a rock. Oh, maybe it is soap. Oh, okay. Or a rock. So he's, know. like, he's whittling something. It's, like, gray in, in color. It's, like, it looks like it could be soap or, like, soapstone, let's say yeah, that. Yeah, soapstone. That's perfect. <laughs> It's pretty much a blob of nothing. Yes, it's a blob of nothing. There's no detail on it. and <laughs> Not a very good carver. Tony's like, oh, you've got real talent. <laughs> That's hilarious. So and Tony's like trying to pretend to be like a big bad like guy. Um, and they ask him what he's in for. He's like, a pretty serious bank job. A couple people got hurt. <laughs> like, do they know what banks are? I don't know. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, they have money and stuff, but... <laughs> I always thought that the Clayface the Goblin guy kind of looks like Gerard Butler, but it's oh, definitely not him. <laughs> Skinnier um, version. Yeah, like a super skinny Gerard <laughs> Butler, who's like maybe even a little taller. But then they, like yeah. his skin is green, and then he has like these really icky green, like uh, bulbous, like wart things all over his face. Covered in warts. <laughs> yeah. Not very attractive, I would say. Um, so then it shows, but we'll save that for hot or not. Yeah, save that. <laughs> So then it shows the trolls, they are in the boat with Virginia and they're rowing um, and they have a sign that says like, now you're leaving the fourth kingdom. And I want, gotta say, the CGI on this does not hold up very well. You can tell that there's like a green screen behind them. I mean, it's fine. It's just like, you can tell, you know? Luckily the trolls are so funny and they're singing, so they, they steal the scene. Yeah, they're still like in love with the Night Fever song, so they're singing that. But yeah, you're right. The CGI gets a little questionable at <laughs> <Yeah>. this point. <laughs> um, then we flip to Beantown, where all of the good people of Beantown were waiting. Um, originally, Prince Wendell and his manservant Giles were heading to Beantown. They just had to make a quick stop at Snow White Memorial Prison. So now they've actually 
or it's, it's showing Beantown because they were going to go to Beantown after the prison. And uh, all the citizens are there. I guess they've been building this coronation throne for Prince Wendell for like the past literally two years. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's supposed to stop by and like receive it, I guess. And so it kind of has them. Um, they've all heard that the evil queen has escaped. So they're starting to freak out. And like, I don't know if it's like the mayor of Beantown maybe or something. Like yeah, whoever's the, the head, head charging guy, they're like talking about it. Uh, head guy in charge and they're starting to freak out like oh no the evil queen she's out um but then they're like oh but wait prince wendell's coming hooray and like they all start cheering like he'll know what to do and then he's in the carriage with the evil queen (laughs) and the carriage just like goes through town and they're like wait like like, (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't even like blink enough to like see the uh uh, coronation throne and stuff so they're all upset <laughs> yeah is he sticking his head out of the carriage yes point? yes and his tongue is hanging out like he's a dog <laughs> he still has no human behavior yeah. <laughs> so yeah and then the queen is just like hiding in like the recesses of this carriage and like the dark corner and is like hee 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 uh, because they <laughs> just lift up the barricade and let him go on through and then they don't stay or anything so then everyone's like <laughs> Yay, Prince Wendell! Wait, where'd he go? (laughs) So now they're presumably, like, freaking out now because Wendell didn't stop to help, and they know that the queen is on the loose. Well, the prince has things to do. That's true, but they've been (laughs) slaving over this coronation thing for, like, two years, and he was supposed to stop. So, yeah. Yeah. But he has been shown to be, like, selfish and self-absorbed and stuff, so maybe this really isn't anything different than his normal behavior. But they do know that the queen is out. Next, we go back to the prison and we see Tony. He's like scrubbing them prison floors in like a dark hallway. Um, he's talking to Prince, who's like being kept locked inside like the governor's suite or something. And um, there's a key that Prince gets from the governor, like that's just hanging out in that room with him. And he slips it to Tony under the door. And Tony uses like his soap to make like an impression of the key. And then um, he has like. Well, he gives it back and he's good. He has like the soap and then um, he's going to figure out how to make a key using it so he can escape, hopefully. Actually, and it's not to escape. It's to get into that room that Prince is in so he can uh, yes. rescue Prince from being poisoned. Um, we see the trolls again. They are like um, drawing or riding, I guess, or driving this horse-drawn cart. Virginia's like unconscious in the back and they're singing and just like having a good old time <laughs> getting her back to their kingdom. And they're going through um, the third kingdom. And it's, like, a lot more desolate than anything we've seen so far. It's, like, brownish landscapes, and there's, like, it's not really bountiful or, like, foresty. And it shows, like, their castle is kind of, like, a dilapidated ruins. And there's, like, vultures circling it and stuff. It's, like... Yeah, it's hideous <laughs> and shabby. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we see that Wolf is still following them. So that's good. He's going after Virginia. Um, next, we go back to the prison, and we see all the prisoners, including Tony, are now at, like, um, maybe this is breakfast or lunch. I'm not really sure what time of day this is supposed to be. But now that all the guards have woken up... Oh, wait. We know. It was, like, 6.02 p.m. Thanks to those <laughs> subtitles. Yeah. So this would either be dinner that night, or it's breakfast the next morning. I'm not really sure. Pretty early for breakfast, though. <laughs> so the uh, all the prisoners are doing, like, a Pledge of Allegiance to Wendell... Um, and you can see some of, they all have kind of the same prison garb that, uh, uh, Wolf was in in the beginning where it's like kind of serious black colors, but everyone has like a blue Navy overcoat that has like SWMP, Snow White Memorial Prison on it. 
Um, so he's like uh, eating breakfast or lunch or whatever meal they're having. And he's with the Sellies, who's with Acorn and Clayface. And there's like another guy who's there who I don't think is named. Um, but Tony has his first taste of his meal, which is like a beanstalk soup and like a beanstalk juice. So apparently all the prisoners every day, every day, like three meals a day, they get <laughs> beanstalk products because they're in the land, like by Beantown, where Jack and the beanstalk originally happened. And I guess they just have tons of beanstalks. <laughs> it's cheap, and they want to make them suffer. <laughs> yeah. So it tastes like really nasty. And someone's like, "Ugh!" Or Tony drinks it, and he's like, he spits it out, and he's like, "Ugh!" It tastes like an old mattress. And one of them, one of the other prisoners is like, "No, mattress has a sweaty, meaty taste." <laughs> like how often does he munch around mattresses? Yeah, but like how like gross. Is beanstalk juice to where you prefer a sweaty, meaty mattress. Ugh. It looks gross. It's a disgusting, horrid green color. Yeah, it's like, um, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's soupy and watery looking. It's just icky. Viscous almost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so after Tony does a couple spit takes with his beanstalk uh, breakfast, <laughs> he asks the other prisoners, like, oh, hey, I need work. Can I, like, get something metal made? And they're like, oh, you have to visit the Tooth Fairy. He's like, the tooth fairy? They're like, yeah, the prison dentist. And he's like, okay, how do I visit the tooth fairy? And then someone, like, punches him. So now he's, like, missing a tooth, I guess. He has to go get it fixed. So now he can go see the tooth fairy. Which was really kind of that prison. <laughs> yeah, how kind. Just to help him out like that. He doesn't even know him. <laughs> welcome back uh so we thought it would be funny to play this game because we've been talking about like about beanstalks and beanstalk juice (laughs) and like all that kind of stuff a lot and so we thought hmm what are all the ways that you can prepare beanstalks for meals so we're gonna go back and forth and try to (laughs) come up with like (laughs) different types of beanstalks okay so you ready to play do you understand what we're doing i'm ready oh (laughs) heck yeah (laughs) okay okay Oh, so you can go first. Okay, first one, beanstalk jerky. Ooh, I had beanstalk kebabs. Ooh, that's a good one. I didn't even think of kebabs. <laughs> Next one, lemonade. <laughs> beanstalk Be- lemonade. Ooh, that would be so gross. Make it more acidic tasting. <laughs> um, boiled beanstalk. Ooh, boiled gross. Crunch berries. Crunch. <laughs> <laughs> Beanstalk crunchy. Yes, that would be so nasty. I just have curried. Ooh. Actually would eat that probably. I think I was on a theme. Um next I have pancakes. Ooh, beanstalk pancakes. pancakes. Man, yours are a lot more creative. Mine's just grilled. <laughs> well some of mine are like that. Uh beanstalk fondue. Ooh, very nice. <laughs> Do you just dip the beanstalk in melting cheeses? And melting beanstalk juice. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Um, Beanstalk stir fry. Ooh, good. (laughs) Uh, Beanstalk roast. Mm -hmm. Beanstalk souffle. Fancy. Beanstalk fillet. Ooh, very nice. (laughs) Like a steak. Yeah. Um, Beanstalk ganache. Like, you know, you just put it in, like, your drinks and stuff. That's very creative. Beanstalk breadstick. (laughs) (laughs) Like zucchini bread, but beanstalk bread. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, it's doable. How about a bloody beanstalk Mary? Oh, okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure where that was going, but that, that's good. <laughs> yeah, and then instead of celery, it's a piece it's of just raw like beanstalk. A beanstalk yeah. 
Okay, my last one is Beanstalk Everlasting Gobstopper. <laughs> oh, God, that'd be so horrible. <laughs> I think that's what they should be feeding the prisoners instead just of the Just thinking to suck on one Gobstopper that's Beanstalk flavor the rest of your life. <laughs> yep. <laughs> It'll teach them to elf slay. <laughs> They'll be um, reformed. My other ones I had were Beanstalk Taco. Ooh, that's a good one. BBQ Beanstalk. BBQ. And... Like a smoothie king, but for beanstalks. So. <laughs> like a beanstalk smoothie. Yep. So those are uh, all the great. ways you can prepare beanstalks, folks. <laughs> Maybe we should try some of these. <laughs> yeah. It'll have a sweaty mattress taste. <laughs> it switches to the palace, like uh, Prince Wendell's actual palace for the Fourth Kingdom. And he has like his group of, I guess like lords... I don't know, the rest of his cabinet, maybe. Administrators. His administrators, yeah, for his government. The top guy is named Lord Chancellor, and he's played by um, the same actor who plays Cornelius Fudge in the Harry Potter movies. I never, ever forgot. <laughs> really? Never. Oh, my god. Yeah, Lord Chancellor is definitely Fudge. Um, and he seems to be, like, the head guy, and they're like, uh, like, what are we going to do? This is a crisis. And we can't find Wendell or we haven't talked to Wendell about it yet and the stepmom is out of prison what are we gonna do is this our first real intro to Lord Rupert yes and then we see Lord Rupert (laughs) Um, the fashionista yeah (laughs) yeah slash the royal event planner Um, and he is like uh, they're talking about like the crisis of the queen escaping and stuff and they're like okay well let's just wait on Wendell to get here and then we'll deal with that and Rupert's like, and now can we talk about the real crisis? <laughs> the color, color scheme is going to have to be completely rethought. <laughs> Talking about the coronation color scheme. And I can't remember why he says that the color scheme needs to be rethought. Because one of the kingdoms is out of X flower. I yes. It's like cornflower blue or something. Like they're out of it. So yeah. he needs to yeah, <laughs> redo the scraps. And he like pulls out this like whole thing of um, swatches. Like, yeah, fabric swatches. <laughs> He's prepared. He knows what's important. Yeah. Evil Queen's Alpha. Yeah. That's the real crisis of the Nine Kingdoms. Next, we go back to Virginia and the Trolls. She has woken up and she's like strapped into this like torture chair that they have. Um, It's like a big cement block chair that has like leather straps that she's like her. I think her wrists are bound. I don't think her feet are or anything. Maybe just her wrists. I can't remember her feet, but her wrists definitely are. Yeah, and it shows a shot of her stomach, and she has, like, this huge-ass <laughs> tattoo now on her tummy, which, according to Wiki, was just, like, them. they just drew on her. It's not an actual tattoo. <laughs> so that seems kind of strange, though. She was passed out, they just want to draw on her stomach. <laughs> yeah, it's like... <laughs> they all take turns. It's like growing a mustache <laughs> on the person who falls asleep with a slumber party. Yeah. Just the troll version. <laughs> At least I really hope they didn't tattoo her. <laughs> oh, gosh. But I, I wouldn't put it past them. They don't have tattoos that it shows, so... Yeah, and I think she would have said something. She would have had a problem with that. Yeah, she would have been like, I have this horrible tattoo the rest of my life. (laughs) And it's just like, um, it kind of looked like uh, in Harry Potter, the... um, the dark mark, how it has like that yeah. skull with like a snake coming out of its mouth. That's what it looks like, but it's like right above her belly button, and then there's like a big like black circle around that, and then there's a circle of text that says "troll toy." <laughs> super awkward, <laughs> super horrible. <laughs> so she has her new troll toy tat, and they start quote unquote torturing her, <laughs> um, and they, <laughs> they cut off. 
<laughs> they take off her shoes and socks, I guess, and then they um, take the tip of her stockings that she's wearing, like her tights, and they cut those, and they can see her toes. And so then they like start. They don't like tickle her toes, but they're like just threatening her, and it's all very foot and shoe related. Like <laughs> it's kind of weird this feeling. <laughs> but again, they're obsessed with shoes. Yeah. So oh, whatever. Um, but they're like, look, lady, you got to tell us everything. Like we want to know how to invade your kingdom, how to. Like, how you got all these magical powers where you, like, subdued us and stuff. And so she's like, well, I'll tell you anything you want to know. And uh, they're like, no, torture first, then talk. <laughs> That's uh, better, better that way. <laughs> Russia torture, ruin torture. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, the dad, um, Troll King, um, gets back from his chat with the queen. And so he walks in um, and... Uh, they oh he walks in with the magic shoes on and they're like dad take him off or whatever and so uh he does and i don't know if they mention it here but they obviously the troll kids have some concern about their dad like using these magic shoes all the time and he's kind of like addicted to the magic clearly Um, they can't say anything though yeah (laughs) um but they explain to the dad about finding the 10th kingdom and they're like screw that dog we were supposed to be looking for we found this bitch instead and like we (laughs) claimed like a whole new dimension for ourselves and the dad doesn't believe him at first so they pull out the boom box (laughs) that they got as proof and then the troll king like just totally is on board now like (laughs) yeah because the magic box plays music (laughs) yeah but this totally also feeds into his whole thing about thinking that the queen is like plotting something and not telling him he just assumes that the 10th kingdom plot and this witch girl aka virginia um are all part of the queen's overall master plan so um he just like assumes that she's in on it and that there's something that she's just not telling him so that kind of puts him on edge and later feeds into his behaviors of like kind of going against her yeah he's been questioning her motives and her authority the whole time Mm -hmm. basically then we go back to the prison and we see poor little tony he's getting caught um trying to use his new oh wait did we talk about him going to the dentist no not yet uh we left off with him getting punched out okay so he did get punched out and um because that's how you visit the dentist in this prison so then he goes to the dentist. The dentist is none other than the Tooth Fairy. Very scary, scary version of the Tooth <laughs> <Yes>. Fairy. <laughs> like a demented old man Tooth Fairy. Terrifying. Yeah. Like the um, couple from the NeverEnding Story. Remember the like puppet people? Mm-mm. They're super old and weird and uh, never mind. Anyway, it'll <laughs> cause some nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's scary as hell. <laughs> And he, like, straps Tony to a chair in the dentist's office, or his tooth fairy office, and um, is like... He's a fetishist as well. Yeah. I guess guess he would be, but... (laughs) And uh, he is, like, really into people eating candy and, like, rotting their teeth and stuff, so I guess he can collect them. I'm not really sure. But, um... He's just twisted everything about him. Yes. <laughs> so Tony, um, is like, hey, I'll trade you this gold watch. And it's none other than his boss's Rolex that he stole, like, whenever... <laughs> he money yeah, stuff. or whenever his boss, um, became a slave initially. And so, uh, the, uh, Tooth Fairy guy is like, okay, sure, yeah, I'll get you some metal. Um, and then he gives Tony a prosthetic tooth to replace the one I think that the guy punched out. Yes, or something. Uh, magic teeth. Magic teeth? Okay. But first, before that, 
he doesn't even look at Tony's mouth, and he's like, they've all got to come out. And Tony <laughs> yeah. freaks out. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, you oh, haven't even looked a yet. horrifying dental visit. <laughs> but Tony gets what he wants, and he does get the medal, and he does uh, use the soap impression that he made to make a key. So this scene that we're in now, um, he, uh, well, it shows him trying to go back and get Prince out of that room that he's in like the governor's suite or whatever. And so he uses his metal key and it like won't work. So either the impression wasn't good enough or this just didn't end up working out or. The tooth fairy wasn't a good metallurgist. <laughs> he wasn't a metallurgist, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Tony gets caught red handed trying to get into the governor's suite of to rescue course. the dog. Of course. <laughs> and then he is sentenced to 50 beanstalk lashes. So it shows, it doesn't show Tony, get, Tony getting um, hit with the beanstalk lashes. You uh, sure hear it, though. But you sure hear it. Yeah, he's like, ow, ouch, <laughs> woohoo, ah. Like, <laughs> and the prince is feeling guilty the whole time. Yeah, um, but it has some good shots of the castle, because every time, like, he gets hit, it, it um, like, takes a step back from the castle, like, another 20, 30 feet. <laughs> yeah, I never noticed that. That's great. Um, and then poor prince. I was thinking, he hasn't eaten in, like, forever. I think, you know, that's probably karma for being such a coward. <laughs> well, well, I guess, yeah, Prince Wendell, he probably ate breakfast or whatever, before, or dinner before they went to Snow White Memorial Prison, right? Hopefully, yeah, he would have. But it's been like two days, and then he can't eat any of the food he's been given now because it's all poisoned, so he's probably hungry. Yeah, I don't remember Virginia ever worrying about feeding him. Yeah, and we'll see. Maybe together. he ate some stuff on the restaurant floor or something. The <laughs> when he was in New York. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, are you getting Roland's food? <laughs> yes, that I can see. Jumps back to the Troll King's castle, and uh, the Troll King is threatening Virginia, like, that she'll have to tell him, like, um, they ask, like, who's in charge? And she's like, the president! Like <laughs> She has no idea what to say. Yeah. <laughs> so the Troll King threatens her, and he takes these, like, iron shoes they're like iron sandals and um, he places them in the directly into the fire and is like, hey, when these are like burning bright red because they're so hot, wake me up from a nap and then we'll put them on her and we'll make her dance for us before she tells us how to invade her kingdom. So stakes just got real because now Virginia's going to be putting these like horrible ass shoes. Um, we do learn that the, sh- actually we learn what the shoes are from like in a few minutes, so we'll wait for that. Um, it then jumps to um, the Evil Queen and Wendell, and they get to one of the Evil Queens, like um, Snow White's Evil Queen, so the evil, the current Evil Queen's like um, master. Predecessor. A predecessor, yeah. What's the opposite of an apprentice? Master. Master, I guess. Okay. So it gets to one of, they go to one of her five castles, which apparently like nobody knew about or something. It's kind of like a hideaway. Or they're, like, haunted. Yeah, people people don't, like, stay away. Yeah, and they're, like, cursed from being the evil queens or something. So they go, and they're at her, like, hideaway lair where apparently she had left a bunch of her mirrors. And so the evil queen um, and Wendell, I don't know if they're talking. I think they're talking. Then the queen tells him, like, what ended up happening to the evil queen her predecessor, that is. And that is whenever Snow White and her prince got married, the evil queen was made to wear those, the iron slippers that were like red hot at their wedding to dance for them. And then after she did was like cast out. And so she uh, like crawled away 
Um, it's like, what a cruel ass punishment. It's like, we know she was yeah. evil and like she probably poisoned some people and like tried to kill Snow White, but that just sounds horrible. The imagery is <laughs> yes. ridiculous. So, not to mention it's a wedding. It should be a kind of a high yeah. <laughs> not one where you see people yeah, getting there. Yeah, so the old evil queen like gets, uh, you know, her feet all tortured and nasty and stuff. She dances with them and then she crawls away and she ends up in the swamp. Well, that's all we should reveal for now, then. Yeah. Just where there's no spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. Okay. So, basically, we learned that she escaped to the swamp. She kept her mirrors. She found um, Diane Weiss as a successor, um, who now is vowing to destroy the House of White forever. And Pity the Fool, who stands up to her. <laughs> she literally says Pity the Fool, and it's so good. <laughs> oh, yes. I love that. Pity the Fool. <laughs> Pity the Fool. That's awesome. You caught on to that. I did not notice that. <laughs> but then, like... And the DVD that I'm watching, it's in five parts, and so it has the five parts that were aired on TV. So it has the credits roll here. So this is where the first NBC like episode ended. Um, but we're gonna keep going because we're watching it on forty five minute chunks. So the next um, scene is a voiceover with the evil queen, um, the old evil queen, like the the predecessor evil queen, and she's kind of doing like a narration about um, the magic mirrors. And it's like when she first meets Diane Weist, or maybe like she conveys this information to Diane Weist, Evil Queen, at some point, um, and talks about the magic mirrors. And she has mirrors for traveling, for spying, for remembering, for forgetting, to rule the world. Uh, and she's like basically describing these mirrors as Diane Weist digs them up with whatever man servants she has working for her at the moment. Yeah, this these are the source of her power. Yeah. Um, and there's like a really creepy looking one that they like had buried and it has like all those, um, I think they were all buried. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they like pull them out of bags and stuff. Yeah. And she sets her candles down in the shape yes, of Yes. Yes. <laughs> like she's doing this like weird ass ritual <laughs> to unbury all these. Um, but it's cool. So she's, uh, rediscovering her magic roots and getting back in touch with her power and stuff. So this bitch is revving up to make yeah. some trouble. Next, we flip back to the um, Third Kingdom, where we have the trolls. Virginia is um, still in the torture chair. The red, um, the shoes, the iron shoes are, like, bright red, so they are ready to be taken out of the fire. And then all of a sudden, there's a huge present that gets thrown into the room. And it has a little tag that says, To the strongest, bravest troll. So, of course, our three troll kids, uh, they start... Um, well, first of all, they sniff it and they can tell that there's leather in there. <laughs> and we know how they, they love leather. <laughs> so they're like, oh, these are mine. So they start fighting over it and eventually they knock each other out. Um, and then in swings Wolf. Apparently he was the one who like concocted this plan and, uh, he's there to rescue Virginia. So he like, uh, unlatches her and stuff and he's telling her how he's changed um, but by the way, when he swings into this room, <laughs> it's like a balcony thing. And I guess there's like a rope tied to it. Apparently. It's like a huge ass rope that he swings in on. It's like, where does he get all this rope? Maybe Virginia's grandma let him borrow it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's more of Roland's leash that he's been <laughs> holding on to. But yeah. It's just like the perfect width too, to like carry the weight of a full grown yeah. man. It's very convenient. So he like swings in and like, uh, rescues Virginia. He tells her that he has completed extensive therapy. 
Because <laughs> he like read half a book and went to one section. Yeah. Um, and he has the books to prove it. And he realizes <laughs> he's been using food as a substitute for love. Well, that is pretty insightful. Yeah, so that's really insightful. So he's definitely breaking down his big bag wolf character and is now um, <laughs> not so bad anymore because of his extensive therapy. <laughs> but he lists the books that he has read. <laughs> Uh, and these are the ones that he had stolen um, from that, that bookseller earlier. One's called Breaking the Cycle. <laughs> One's called Heal Yourself in Seven Days. <laughs> One's called Stop Blaming Yourself, Please. <laughs> and the last one says, what is it? Hope for the bedwetting child. <laughs> <laughs> Which he picked up by mistake. <laughs> Hopefully he got some good info, though, still. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wolf, like sniffs Virginia all weird and she's like still super PO'd because the last time she saw him he had she like punched him out or like used a broom to knock him out the window because he had been trying to eat her grandma so she's still like (laughs) really scared of him yeah obviously like (laughs) thinks he's gonna murder her um so she's all like uh um like like standoffish I guess and he's like trying to convince her that he's changed and he's like butter would not melt in my mouth like that's how good I am he's like oh wait but it would but it would melt very slowly (laughs) he's trying to convince her um oh and this is where I I remember seeing like his first huff puff gesture yes so wolf like one of his little character mannerisms is that he uses his first finger and his middle finger and he'll like kind of brush his temple with the inside of his first finger. Yeah. And he says huff puff a lot. <laughs> so you see him do his little scratch. Huff, puff scratch, but he doesn't say huff puff yet. But that's like a classic catchphrase from this series. <laughs> uh, so she's like, you try to eat my grandma. I'm not too hot on you. Let's go. Um, and then before they leave, Virginia takes the king's magic shoes because she's like kind of obsessed with them herself. So, and Wolf doesn't know this at that point. So they leave the castle. Um, Wolf uh, convinces her, like, we should go off the beaten path because they can either take two roads out of the castle. One's through, like, a normal looking road that eventually probably leads to civilization. The other one is, like, it's like a permanent lightning thunderstorm over all of these, like, crazy, like, a beanstalk forest. Definitely cursed. Definitely cursed. So Wolf convinces her to take to go through the stock forest route um, because they'll have like less chance of being followed or it just seems safer, I guess, to him. And we learn that the um, trolls, they hate Prince Wendell and the House of White because apparently this part of the kingdom that has all these like troll or has all the beanstalks, whenever um, like Beantown was first created and Jack threw the beanstalks and like they had like this huge beanstalk forest that sprouted, um, they, I guess the beanstalks like polluted the land and then they gave all that land to the trolls. It was like, hey, here's your shitty piece of real estate. <laughs> like you're, you know, it's yours now, but it's like. Be grateful. Really polluted. They don't seem to have much agriculture. Um, so I don't know. It's just like they're, they're pissed at Wendell. And that's like another reason that the king like really wants to have power over the fourth kingdom. Yeah. It goes for the whole um, troll king's justification in his. Mm-hmm. Um, so then um, it shows that the Troll King gets mad at his kids because... They let Virginia escape. <laughs> they let Virginia escape. So now, not only did they not get the dog that the queen wanted, they didn't even capture their second quest that they were trying to, to have. Well, maybe they, 
the troll king shouldn't be napping all the time. Yeah. Yeah, taking his naps. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's his fault. So, uh, Virginia, she puts on the magic shoes. And then she's, like, running around, like, trying to get away from Wolf and the trolls. But Wolf, because he's a wolf, or half-wolf at least, he has a good sense of smell. So he um, can track Virginia by just her scent, even though she's wearing the shoes. Um, eventually they run out of magic, because I guess they have to be, like, un- or not worn to charge. Yeah, they get depleted. Right. So she, like, they spark, and they're like, and she's, like, shown again. So Sputtering out. Yeah, sputtering out. That's a good word. Uh, they... Um, don't have any magic left, so now he can see her, and, uh, he, like, takes the shoes away from her, and she's, like, totally preoccupied about getting the shoes back, and she's like, don't you think I'm sexy, and, like, tries to, like, lure him under false pretenses to, like, steal the shoes back or something. Yeah, their grip, it happens really fast, but they definitely take hold on her. Yeah, for sure. And, um, later she, I don't know, actually, if it's now or later or whenever they're talking, but she says, like... He tells her that she's suppressing something, and she's like, I'm not suppressing anything. I just want to be invisible. <laughs> I think that is right now. Okay. I do remember that. Um, so then they can sense that the trolls are on their tail. Um, they can either hear them or they see them. So they decide to hide, and they climb up a beanstalk and kind of, like, rest on some of the big leaves, like, a you know, 10 feet up or something. Um, so they're, like, hiding in plain sight while the troll king... And the kids and, like, some of their army-type dudes. And the dogs. They have hunting dogs. Oh, yes, they have, like, hunting dogs. dogs. But apparently these beanstalks smell pretty bad. (laughs) They have, like, a horrible, potent smell. So uh, their scents are kind of hidden from the dogs and the trolls' tracking efforts. There's, like, a funny scene where (laughs) the kids who... um, obviously aren't too responsible. Um, (laughs) They uh, kind of step back to the side and they're under, they're actually right next to the beanstalk that Wolf from Virginia are under. And they, uh, one of them's like, hey, Blabwort, do you got anything good for us? And she pulls out some dwarf moss and says that if you smoke it, you'll see fairies for three days. (laughs) (laughs) So they're going to get super stoned right before this mission. Yeah, one of them's like, it's going to be a long night. It's like, well, maybe it would be shorter if you were, like, observing things and you clearly can't see Wolf and Virginia literally ten feet above your head right now. <laughs> I don't think drugs are going to make it any better. <laughs> well, they're bored. What can you say? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> they're dull. <laughs> uh, so then it shows Virginia and Wolf and they're kind of talking about um, her not trusting him and, like, she, she has a problem trusting people. And um, that she, like, desires to be invisible. And um, he's talking about growing up as a wolf and how all wolves are kind of, like, hated. She asks, or she finds out that he was in the Snow White Memorial Prison. Yeah. And she asks him what he was in for. And he says what he was in for. Yeah, that's right. It was sheep worrying. What the heck is sheep worrying? <laughs> I guess his presence makes sheep scared. I guess, because he's a like crime. a wolf. That's a crime. He's like in prison. These laws are so horrible. Like the slaying. Okay, I totally get. Elf slaying. Okay, you're straight up murdering people. Murder, you should yeah. be in jail. But like right. aggravated assault, a hundred years for aggravated assault. How long do these people live? I'm assuming a really long time. Because the queen got a thousand years for... What she was in prison for, for poisoning Wendell's mom and dad. Tony breaks one rule, he's going to get a hundred years of breaking rocks with his teeth. That's true. <laughs> Maybe they're all just live, live wrong, really long lives. The trolls were only in for like two years, according to Wiki. 
But anyway. Wow, their, what was their crime? If they I only got two years. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but sheep worrying doesn't sound that awful to us. So is he really the big bad wolf? Obviously not. There's a lot of, I wouldn't want to say racism against wolves. Yes, exactly. But... Yeah, I think that's like implied for yeah. sure. Um, and then they're talking and I feel like this is kind of a scene where you can start feeling like Virginia let her guard down. She's kind of more interested in Wolf. Um, oh yeah, things are getting they're, saucy They're like, now. yeah, saucy. They're, it's like flirtatious. <laughs> and uh, Wolf has a tail, apparently, because he's like a half wolf and his only wolf feature is that he has a tail <laughs> and he can flash his eyes like yellowy sometimes. Yeah, except for his one time a month. Yeah, yeah right. Transformation, <laughs> yeah. But. but he always has a tail and um, it's like a big, like fluffy wolf tail. That he says, like, waxes and wanes as the month goes on, so... It's not full bushy right Yeah, it's not, like, (laughs) super bushy. But he, like, convinces Virginia to pet it, and at first she's like, what? I don't even know you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But then she goes and she pets it, but she strokes it against the fur, and he's like, no, with the fur. (laughs) Yeah, this part's a little weird, but... um... I always liked it. I always, like, interpreted it as, like, I don't know, flirtation and, like, I don't know. Her just, like, starting to wear... Or her, him wearing her down, I guess. I don't know. That's sweet. Yeah, I like that. But yep, that's where we'll leave you off, folks, that we made it through another 45 minutes. There's so much going on. Yeah. I can't wait to get into the next segment. Yeah. Um, I feel like this segment, in comparison to our first like 45-minute chunk, was a little more dull because it wasn't like... Like, there wasn't as much action. This was kind of like a transition scene to yeah. get them places. Um, and then, and, like, we'll see. Which is weird because watching it, you feel differently about it because honestly, when I watch it now, I will skip until everybody ends up at the memorial prison because that's when it gets interesting to me. Because oh. the first bit when, when they're, they're in like New York, York. And I feel like, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, because especially they return, well, spoilers, they get back to New York eventually. But it's at the very end. So, like, we spend the majority of this film and the whole story in uh, the actual Nine Kingdoms. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. Like, the it's like a blip on the radar, that first scene, basically. Yeah, and we're just now getting immersed into, like, the culture there and how things work in the kingdoms. Yeah, and all, like, the... Um, Politics. And aesthetics, like, their outfits and, like, the fantasy realm type yeah. um, things. It's world building, I guess. World building, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Start to finish, folks. Just a great <laughs> miniseries. That's true. How can we even choose favorites? Yeah. <laughs> I'm wishing on a star to find the way you are. Are you employed at the Fourth Kingdom Snow White Memorial Prison? If so, listen up, because this message is for you. Are you sick and tired of losing wages from getting knocked out by troll dust? Do your superiors blame you for your prisoner unruliness? Like me, do you suffer from recurring nightmares about a certain evil queen? Tired of the Tooth Fairy being your only in-network medical provider? If you answered to yes to any of these questions, then the time for action is now! Correctional officers from the 1st, 2nd, and 6th Kingdoms have banded together to say enough is enough. They have created the Interkingdom Association of Prisoner Patrollers. By joining this alliance, you can be part of a tidal wave of justice and have the support and backing you need to go from being treated like an ugly stepsister by your warden to being treated like Cinderella. Make your happily ever after a reality by joining the new chapter of the IKAPP, chapter number 47, right here in the Fourth Kingdom. The chapter will officially be installed at midnight on the third day of next month. 
Talk to your local IKAPP representative to sign up today. Sponsored by the Inter-Kingdom Association of Prisoner Patrollers. So we made it through our plot, so now we can go through, do we want to start with Lord Rupert's fashion corner? Yeah, let's do it. I love Lord Rupert. Okay, so Lord Rupert, we met him. He is fabulous. Um, We will start with Lord Rupert's fashion corner with the bookseller. There. (laughs) (laughs) So this is the bookseller from Park. Yeah, from Central Park, where uh, Wolf eventually steals all those self-help books from her. And her outfit is like, like we said, it was probably just the 90s, like late 90s, early 2000s. And we're just not accustomed to seeing this type of thing anywhere. But this lady, okay, picture it. She has like blonde hair. It's like up in a big bun. But she has like a little scarf type headband around her head. And it's tie dyed blue and purple. And it's like wildberry pop tart colors. So like an aqua blue and like a more lavendery type purple. So she has that scarf headband on. She has like a a leaf green, like a bright leaf green button down shirt. And on top of that, she has like a forest green velvet jacket. It's like super velvet. Has like a collar. um, It's kind of like a like a business jacket looking type thing. But it also has uh, multicolored floral embroidery all over the sleeves. (laughs) And it's loose-fitting. <laughs> and it's very loose, very baggy. And then she also has, like, like whenever you, I paused it just to look at her outfit, just to, like, take it in. <laughs> she also has, like, um, you know, like, graduation cords? Yes. But they're purple, and they're flat pieces of fabric instead of, like, a cord, like a... Like a um, like what like a spherical, Kind of, yes. That's what it looked like. But it was just, like, a long, thin purple string, or purple like fabric so it looked like kind of like a cord like maybe a tie or something was it for her glasses maybe that's what i thought maybe it's just like a long glasses thing and it's not attached to her glasses but later you can see when she's like hey you haven't paid for that as wolf is <laughs> running away you see she's it's actually a purse oh that she's wearing around her what? neck <laughs> and okay. she just has the whole purse just in on like she has the strap on her neck and then it's kind of like um like where a fanny pack would be. That's kind of where it rests. Like right under her well, belly button. chiropractor's favorite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess it keeps her money safe at the stall. Like maybe that's it. was like her coin purse or something. Yeah, to make change. But anyway, her outfit is just insane. And I've always loved it. Like, yeah, now it's you, very colorful. Now that you mention it, I think it might have been an era thing. Because I remember having a green velvet jumpsuit. Oh my god! Your green like velvet jumpsuit! <laughs> I wanted to see Riverdance live. Yes. Okay, that, that must be. That was definitely like 99, so. <laughs> totally that was either like 98 or 99. Oh, great. Yes. <laughs> For sure. That means you guys, you're fashionable, sis. Oh. Okay, so okay, we'll, chalk, times, yeah. we'll chalk this lady's outfit up to the times. We'll give her a 10 out of like, 10. We'll give her a 10 out of 10. <laughs> Nobody else in the 90s New York dresses like she does. Like Virginia and her like gum-chewing waitress friend look pretty normal. I would say the most dated of anyone we've seen other than her would be the boombox couple. The siblings <laughs> yeah. on the park bench. They <laughs> yeah. looked a little dated, but that was just about it. So, okay. Well, this lady, she's just probably dated, I guess, instead of quirky. Or maybe she's quirky as she's well. She's a bohemian bookseller in New yeah. York. <laughs> 
Okay, so let's go back over Virginia and Wolf's outfits because I feel like they changed subtly from like when they were in, like when we first meet them to when they're in New York to now. So we'll just go over it. Virginia is wearing dark tights. Her Doc Martin, whatever those are, her her military boots, combat yeah. boots. She's wearing a knee length, like straight dark skirt that has like some lighter color florals on it. A white tank top, a baby blue zip up hoodie. And then she has her hair in like a big ponytail. Yeah. And um, her hair at this point, she has like her big ponytail is kind of floppy. And she also has bangs. Um, she's wearing like a silvery necklace as well. Wolf, he has been switching between all of his garments, like back and <laughs> forth. So now he's back in his like khaki prison pants. <laughs> or I think, yeah. And then his like a maroon button down shirt on top of his beige button down prison shirt. Yes, he's layered. He's layered. (laughs) And then he also has this long like pinstripe overcoat. Sports jacket? Sports jacket type thing. Um, It's more than a sports jacket because it goes down to like his knees. Like the coattails kind of go back to like his knee pits. It does look a little more formal. Yeah, but it's like pinstripe and it has like a kind of pinkish liner, purple liner on the inside. So that's their outfits. I think they're pretty much in those the rest of the time. But we'll update you as their pieces change throughout. Yes. Because watching worry. through it this time, I'm definitely noticing those subtle changes, like you said. Yeah. Right now he's still rocking this serious vibe. <laughs> okay. So then <laughs> the next character's outfit we have to go over is the Tooth Fairies. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this is frightening. Because he's so scary. <laughs> yeah. So the Tooth Fairy has these really cool wings. They're um, like dark... And um, it's kind of like like beetle wings. Like they have like a iridescent type quality. They don't look like angel wings, like where there's like feathers or anything. And it's not like butterfly wings where there'd be like, I don't know, scales or something. But it's like, um, they're like iridescent, but and they're veined. They're really cool looking. Um, They are great. He has a red, like an acorn shaped type hat. A sock hat. sock hat with a bunch of like... (laughs) Just things sewn onto it. Um, he I has, remember he was very gender fluid feeling to me. <laughs> this whole outfit. <laughs> he has like a netted V-neck vest on <laughs> over top of like this maroon shirt, um, and then he also has like a really cool. It's like a. It looks like a doctor's coat, but it's like made of. Um, uh, well, I guess not a doctor's coat. It's like well, anyway, it's like striped. It's kind of cool. It looks like a doctor's coat, but instead of just back. being plain white, it's like kind of striped, like gray stripes. Oh, that makes sense for it's being prison-y in the prison. type looking, yeah, outfit. Which brings up a great point. Yes. Let's talk about the Tooth Fairy. Do you think he is an employee of Snow White Memorial Prison? Or is he a prisoner? I want to say can he's come a and go. Only because of how creepy he is. Like, <laughs> if you get sentenced for, you know, assault or whatever, like, I feel like this guy did something really scary. Really yeah, weird. like, because he's like a total nut. Sneaking into kids' rooms. Yeah, and ooh, exactly. Their teeth right out of their mouths. Mm-hmm. Encouraging cavities. Yeah, it definitely seems like a nefarious character. But he has access to, like, all of the metal stuff, which obviously is a big commodity in the prison, so that makes me think he's not a prisoner. If he is a prisoner, maybe he's just, like, the like the block leader or something. <laughs> yeah, he's been there so long yeah. threatened by him anymore. He like runs the prison from the inside. <laughs> yeah, he's the red of <laughs> Um okay, so we talked about Tooth Fairy. Um What's let's that? describe the magic shoes that we've been talking about. Yes. Those are cool. They're really pretty. Did you take a whack at it? So they're gold. They have 
well, they almost look like a genie shoe to me with like a yeah. curl towards the yes. front. Yes, they're um, loafs or loafers. So I want to say like Scandinavian. <laughs> Just know. Shoe, yes. like a wooden shoe. Yeah, look. like a clog type look. Yes. but they're made of fabric. Yes, these are layered in fabric mm-hmm. instead, but they are like the same shape. And then there's little um, tiny crowns, crowns at yeah. the tip of the toe where the, I don't know, genie curl is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then they're just bedazzled to the yeah. minds. That's a great way to describe it. Um, they're gorgeous. <laughs> um, let's talk about what the queen is wearing because she changes outfits. She was wearing like her traveling cloak, like a green type cloak from the prison and now, after she's back at, like, the hideaway hole where all these mirrors are from her predecessor, she has on this, like, really beautiful floor-length plum gown with, like, a really high, crazy, like, evil queen collar. Yes. But then also, like, a weird necklace slash accessory piece. <laughs> Sewn into the dress. Yeah, maybe it, like, comes around her neck and, like, juts out, like, little tusks. Like it's very um, cool. Yeah, then they're like like six inch spikes coming out of this <laughs> lady's like or from her throat region. It's a pretty cool outfit. You know what? Her traveling cloak, the green velvet. I bet they just had scraps left over, so they dressed that bookseller and they're like, <laughs> "Yes! Oh my god! Like it theme. is!" <laughs> I bet she. <laughs> We got this green fabric. Can you sew us up a queen cloak and sew us up a bookseller jacket? Gosh, the costume design here just was genius. Versatile, yes. Very genius. Sorry, anyway. (laughs) Um, Let's also go over really quick what the troll kids are wearing because we kind of touched on that in episode one, but now they've removed some jackets and some layers so we can see some of their other pieces underneath. Yeah, and I think we were a little um, focused in on their head pieces yeah. in the first one. So, yeah, let's go over their yeah. outfits. So, Blabberwort, our lady troll, she is wearing, um, like, a maroon skirt, like, with a maroon reddish corset. And then she has a, um, like, an orange turtleneck. <laughs> and the chest area of this orange turtleneck has crazy <laughs> Madonna comb type things sewn onto the boob area. <laughs> yeah, these, I don't know if they're like armor or what this is supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> but she just has these like really crazy cones over her tatas um, that are attached to her shirt. And they're like a weird orange spiral. <laughs> yeah, like a fabric spiral. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's kind of strange. <laughs> she also has like a little tiny um, orange and black Tweedledee hat. <laughs> It's just like a like a yarmulke kind of, but like yeah. on the top of her head as opposed to the back of her head. And then um, she has like one lone like top knot coming out of the top of the it's hat. It's like a braid. With like it's like a braid, yeah. Like Tippy Longstocking, <laughs> but it's going straight up, and it has like a little bow on it. So picture it. It's alfalfa and Tippy Longstocking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Super cute. Um, Bluebell. He is wearing like a yellow pullover with black pants. Um, he has, like, a sash that's maybe, like, a utility belt sash. It has, like, a bunch of, like, safety pins or something on it. Oh, maybe it's for his torturing. Oh, yeah. That's, like, his torture belt or something. Yeah. Um, and then he has, well, they all actually have, like, just massive boots on. Yeah. Like, with, like, spikes and, like, platforms and it's just, like, super massive black leather boots. But that fits right in with their whole aesthetic. It does. And they love their boots. Mm-hmm. Bluebell also has... Like, um, you know, like when you're rollerblading and you wear like knee pads and elbow pads and stuff like that. Well, he has thigh pads on. Like you can yeah. s- see his thigh pads, like maybe the actor strapped. Like, really <laughs> <conscious> <laughs> <of his skin. laughs> 
skinny legs. Maybe he had like super skinny legs. Yeah, they're like, we gotta bulk you up. You're supposed to be a troll. So let's just literally take these thigh pads and just like, strap them to your clothes. Dress you like you're going rollerblading. Yeah. Or bicycling. Yeah, that part's strange. But his outfit, I think, is the most like um, muted of the three. I agree, for sure. Um, and then last we have Burley. His um, shirt color is red. And then he has like a black vest. And then the black vest. Just think of, like, 1970s, like, a black punk vest that had just has, like, safety pins all over it. Like, that's kind of what her hat <laughs> Yes, I can totally see that. It's a grungy look. Yeah, and in um, his fez, he still is wearing that. It's, like, a dark leather fez. But it's, like, <laughs> been crushed down kind of <laughs> to his head. And his hair. Oh, my god! None of them have brushed their hair. Maybe ever. Ever, yeah. He's <laughs> uh, got, like, weird um, pigtail Tuss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so looking great as usual. Um, <laughs> okay, so we finished up fashion corner. Let's do. Um, let's talk about the scenery and the locations that we saw. This um, forty-five minute chunk. So we had um, the end of New York. We went through Central Park, and we um, made it to the Nine Kingdoms. We saw the prison again. Um, which actually I looked up some really cool facts about the prison. Really? What did you find? Yes, because there's just so many shots of this prison, like in the beginning of this movie, where it shows, um, like, it's like an old rock castle and it's been converted into a prison and it's like in between these two mountains or this mountainous region and it's like just really gorgeous and there's tons of scenes. So I looked it up and it's (laughs) called, (laughs) it's in Austria and it has an Austrian name. That I don't know how to pronounce, and I looked it up how to how to pronounce it, and I couldn't find anything. So my apologies to whoever I'm offending by pronouncing this wrong. But the actual castle is called the Hohenwerfen Castle, near Werfen or Werfen, I'm not sure, in Salzburg State, Austria. And it was a castle that was originally built in the 11th century by an archbishop, and um, it's like an old medieval rock type castle. But it's actually been featured in a lot of other films and stuff. Yes, what other films has it been in? Um, it was actually in Just Married from 2003 with Ashton Kutcher and Brittany Murphy. Classic. They go, Yeah, they go, I kind of remember that movie. Oh, I loved that movie. They go, I guess they go on like a honeymoon and like they're backpacking throughout Europe and they stay in this castle as one of the honeymoon spots, right? Yeah, so in that movie, everything's going wrong for them. And I think, I want to say in this scene, she plugs in... Castle, oh no! The wrong converter into the wall. So okay. They catch on fire. <laughs> Hijinks ensue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's a great scene, and it has a lot. It gets on camera a lot. Cool. Um, next, it was actually in Angel season three premiere. Um, Can't say I watched that. <laughs> I never did either, but I watched Buffy, yeah. and uh, he was like in love with Buffy. But then Buffy dies in Buffy's series, mm-hmm. and I guess in the Angel series. Um, spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Angel learns that Buffy dies and he goes to like sort out his grief and just like mope about it at a monastery in Sri Lanka. Because that's and, what normal people do. Yeah. <laughs> Hohenwerfen Castle was actually that monastery in Sri Lanka. Wow. <laughs> it's also um, the in the Amazon Prime show, The Man in the High Castle. It's used as the Fur's headquarters. Um, and also it can be seen in the background of the do re mi picnic scene of The Sound of Music. Well, dang. So that's kind of cool. That is very cool. Um, we also get a really great uh, map 
um, that we get shown um, whenever they're in the castle, or sorry, in, yeah, Stonewall Memorial Prison, and they're hiding in one scene um, in, like, the Great Hall-type area. There's this huge um, uh, map of all the Nine Kingdoms, and that's where Wendell's, like, explaining, you know, about just the fairy tale world and all that. Um, but you can see each of the Nine Kingdoms and see kind of how they are... Um, uh, geographically geographically dispersed and stuff yeah. and we learn um, a little about each of them and this map I'm, I have to add very conveniently has a giant red arrow on it that says you are imprisoned here so <laughs> it's we know where to orient ourselves <laughs> you are imprisoned here yeah. that is so funny and so we've got kind of like a Pangea continent going. Yeah, it's just like one big landmass and that's split into. It actually looks like it's split into like eight kingdoms, and then the ninth kingdom apparently is the dwarf kingdom, and that's like all everything underground of everything else. They just have the like under under the ground part of all the other eight oh, kingdoms. Oh yeah, I knew that, but it never like clicked interesting yeah. okay so actually let's go jump into well i'll quickly say what the nine kingdoms are and then we'll go into detail in the first two okay and each of our subsequent episodes we'll kind of talk about two more and just go into depth aka read two straight from the wiki article <laughs> it's got so, the best info. it does <laughs> so we have the first kingdom is ruled by cinderella the second kingdom is like the um gretel and riding hood and wolves the third kingdom's the troll kingdom. The fourth, as we know, is Snow White's kingdom. The fifth belongs to the naked emperor. The sixth kingdom is um, like Rapunzel and Sleeping Beauty. The seventh kingdom is all elves. The eighth kingdom is the ice queen. And the ninth kingdom is dwarves. So let's uh, go into Cinderella's kingdom. Um, <clears throat> this is the first kingdom. Um, According to the wiki, the first kingdom is ruled by Queen Cinderella and is the oldest and most wealthy of the ten kingdoms. The citizens are snobbish and romantic, falling in love and marrying at an alarming rate. Chronic divorces have led to an abundance of wicked step-siblings. This kingdom is conservative, old-fashioned, and the closest to the traditional fairy world of princes and princesses. Their official color is pale blue. Queen Cinderella is still alive, but barely. And we wow. actually, yeah, get, that's kind of rude. Yeah, that's super rude. <laughs> well, she is alive. We'll meet her later. <laughs> she seems pretty alive to me. All right. Do you want to um, give us a rundown of the Second Kingdom? Sure. So the Second Kingdom is a land of wild forests and is overrun by dreaded wolves. It is full of pie makers, cooks, and gingerbread cottages. Previously, Queen Riding Hood I and Gretel the Great ruled the north and south portions of the kingdom, respectively. Now the entire kingdom is under the control of Queen Riding Hood III. Civil wars have left the kingdom short of males and dominated by adolescent girls and their grandmothers. <laughs> the kingdom's official color is brown. Lame. <laughs> Super lame. Super lame. Why wasn't it red? I don't know. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Brianna had a good point, though. Maybe it's brown for the gingerbread. Yeah, the gingerbread or like wolves' palettes or palettes pelts are brown. That's true. Um, dingy old forest. Maybe dingy old forest. Yeah, the earth is brown. Still though, who I don't. Wants to, yeah, who wants to brown. who wants to rally their nation behind the color brown? <laughs> yeah, none of these kingdoms really sound that awesome. They don't. <laughs> the first one, you know, Cinderella got like snobs and buttholes, basically. Yeah, but at least your color's blue, and then this one, yeah no men so yeah that's, that's like funny. except the wolves i guess because presumably wolf and his family are from the second kingdom if they're wolves and yeah or he's a half wolf where he's from. maybe so 
Uh, but yeah, we never, maybe the books, and that's why we should read the book. Um, maybe the book gives more details about this kind of stuff. Yeah. Because you're right. Well, and we only really get to see a lot of the Fourth Kingdom because that's where most of uh, Virginia and Tony's journey happens. So practically all of practically it. Practically all of it. Um, so we really get to see a lot of the Fourth Kingdom. So I, I figure there's probably more things in these other kingdoms. We just don't really get to know it because we don't explore it in this particular journey. Which is unfortunate. It would be cool to see more. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so let's talk about um, the fairy tales that we have like seen or like um, that have come up through this 45-minute chunk. So we have the Tooth Fairy. We're introduced to the Tooth Fairy. That's not really fairy tale-ish, um, but I like that it's in here. It's like a mythical creature. <laughs> yeah, it has some lore behind it that we were familiar with, at yeah. least from our world. Obviously, Jack and the Beanstalk. Um, we see the map, so we see, like, Cinderella and the writing, you know, the writing hoods and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then there's also, like, the Apple of Discord, just like that, like, Greek-type story, Greek mythology story. Yeah. Um, where you, like, you pit people against each other so they fight over something and then you can sneak away. So Wolf does that whenever he throws that present for the strongest, bravest troll. And his and, like, parcel. Yeah, his parcel. They all fight over each other. Um... Or they fight each other and then knock each other out. But I think that's it. Um, that's all we've talked about for or seen for, for fairy tales, I want to say. Yes, I'm racking my brain. I don't think magic shoes are really a thing. No. Fairy tales. It's pretty original to the story, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. The invisibility shoes. Mm -hmm. We should look up if there's a fairy tale about invisible shoes or something. Yeah, they talk about magic shoes in general, so that's it must true. Be a big thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then also like the whole part of um, the story where uh, at Snow White and the Prince's wedding, they make the evil queen dance in the iron slippers. Yes. We should look up if that's actually in the fairy tale. Yeah, because it sounds very dark, just like Cinderella. I know that one is. Yeah, the morbid. actual yeah ones are pretty dark. Um, but I just can't remember Snow White's, like, the actual fairy tale. So we should look that up. So next time, viewers, we'll, uh, we'll fill you in if that is actually, uh, you know, part of the lore. Um, okay, so we've discussed fashion, scenery, and locations, the fairy tales. Our next hot topic is music. Um, but unfortunately, there really weren't a lot of music um, selections in this one. No, we got the BGs again. <laughs> yeah, we got whatever. the BGs again. They are, like, still obsessed with the boombox and stuff and showed it to their dad. And um, they've still been singing that. So I think that's the only one. Um, okay, let's talk about hot or not. Oh, we have yeah, a couple new characters. We have the Tooth Fairy. Not. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> this guy is nuts. He will strap you down to a chair. He will pull out your teeth one by one. <laughs> and he has like a ton of watches. So you have to listen to them tick the whole time. <laughs> yeah, and he like scrapes that gold with his teeth. Yes. Like, oh, that horrible nails on a chalkboard noise. So yeah, he is like not um, ideal. He is definitely a not on the hot or not. Definitely. Okay, next, how about the prison warden, the governor of the prison? Hot. Whatever! <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> so he, old and bald and, like... <laughs> he's in a position of status, I can't help it. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I mean... Maybe his underling, I'll, I'll say that, then. How about that? The head, I don't prison know. Prison guy. Number two, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I don't mind the prison guard. And he had nice teeth. 
Well, I feel like in looks, I would give the warden a hot. But knowing his personality, <laughs> I'll give him a not because he like totally just assumes like that Tony is guilty. Just automatically like sentences him to fifty beanstalk, lo- beanstalk lashes for trying to break into his office. Yeah, but like he could just give him like two. Like why fifty? Yeah, that's a little. He's obnoxious. new to the prison scene, like, and he's never been there before, and yet you don't believe him that he was transported here magically. Like he yeah. just cognitively he doesn't have it all there. I don't think so. I give him a not overall. I okay. I'll I'll go back and amend my answer. I agree with everything you said because you're right. He's even wearing like clothes that were made in our realm, Tony. Yes, tags on them and things. Things that would give it away that he's not from there. But you're right. He totally just goes right over his head. Yeah, and he's like, to be fair, I guess like Tony is in handcuffs, and he's like, so why are you in handcuffs if you're not meant to be in like a prison? And he's like, oh, like I wanted for a robbery. Yeah, exactly. Do it. So really, it's Tony's fault for digging himself a big hole. Yeah, so what's the warden supposed to think? <laughs> um, and then, uh, I don't think there's any more new characters, but has anybody changed in their rankings? What about Acorn and oh, Clayface? Ooh, okay, let's just do looks, because we don't know their personalities yet. Oh, I feel like that'll be mean. <laughs> okay, then we should save them. <laughs> okay, let's say this. Well, no, I don't let's want do... a warty goblin. <laughs> yeah, let's do Clayface at least. <laughs> yeah, we'll both give Clayface a hard knot. Yeah. <laughs> Even though he does resemble Gerard Butler, not enough to where it's taking away from the words. A very slight, slight resemblance. Like his puny half-brother or something. But yeah. Okay, we'll give the clay face a knot, even though his sweet carving talents... um, We have personalities not playing into it. That's true. Well, for him, I guess, because we don't really see him anymore. Yeah. Well, we kind of, we do, well, we don't want to, we can't spoil anything. We'll get to it next time. Yeah, but next time. We'll just save, we'll save Acorn for next time, but we definitely give uh, Clayface the Goblin a knot. <laughs> yeah, he gets a big old scary knot. <laughs> a big old goose egg. <laughs> All right, anybody uh, else new? Uh, nobody else new, um, but did anybody else change for you? We have like our Tony, Virginia, um, Wolf, the Troll Kings. I think they all pretty much stay the same in my, yeah. my regard. Uh, my love for Wolf grows and grows. Yeah, my too, for know, sure. The whole first part, you see a lot of his endearing qualities in this scene when he, you know, rescues Virginia. So. Yeah, and all that. Um, okay, well, I think that's it for Hot or Not. So for our last activity today, let's talk about magic shoes. So we know that there's the iron slippers that have a function of severe torture. Yeah. Um, there's the magic visibility shoes that you can put on and become invisible. Presumably there are other types of magic and or functional footwear. Weird <laughs> <laughs> thing. So my question for us today is, if we could just step into some shoes that gave us like a magical power or ability or Ooh. something, what would you want your shoes to do? Like insta plastic surgery. <laughs> yeah, like they're shape shifter shoes. <laughs> yeah. Anything I was thinking of, I can just shape shift into. <laughs> so, you know, you could have your disguises, you could get, I don't know, that would be fun. No, that's like a very versatile shoe that could just be like, ooh, but what if they're like super ugly? Like, like, um, bright orange face. Crocs or something. Oh. <laughs> The shoes themselves. Yeah. So you have to wear these like bright orange Crocs, but you could shape shift your body into any body. (laughs) Like a supermodel. Yeah, but you have to wear orange Crocs. (laughs) Well, that would definitely be fitting for everything in this world and having like a normal side to it. A negative like side effect. So I'd still wear them though. I'd Mm -hmm. still wear them. 
I like um, invisibility would be fine. I don't know. I'm just not. That's not always ever something. I'm like, ooh, invisible would be cool because what can you really do? You can just spy on people, which I don't care about. Yeah, I'm not a peeping tom or a voyeur. Yeah, like. <laughs> where you don't want to rob any banks. <laughs> yeah, so. really. And everything nowadays, like I don't know, just you can like see anything you want pretty much like I don't really feel like I need to be invisible that's so true just get on the internet you can, you can look it up people. or like yeah <laughs> like that's so true how boring <laughs> um but unless I had like a purpose but I don't have a purpose to be invisible so I don't think I would choose that I think um I would choose like if you could wear something that would like give you gills or something so you could like oh, swim cool. underwater because I love mermaids and I think I even said that last episode that would just be cool um, but also, I'm trying to think. I like your superpower when everyone's like, what would your superpower be? And you're like, um, it would be cool if you could just, like, know any data information, like, at the yes. drop of a hat. So I think the shoes I would pick would be, like, data shoes. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Where you get <laughs> <Data> to, like, <laughs> put on these data shoes. <laughs> and then you just know, like, in your, like, you just know it. Like, the answers to just, like, data questions. Like, how many people right now are... Watching the 10th Kingdom. Watching the 10th Kingdom. <laughs> and, like, I could just know, like, 400,000, 212 or whatever. For or, like, what year will I die? And, like, I would know Ooh. the year. Or, I wouldn't ask that, but you're right. That could be fall under the data <laughs> question. Yeah, that would count. But all the answers would be like numbers, I guess. I don't know. Like a statistics. Yeah, shoe. like statistics. <laughs> I'm trying to think what they would look like. Maybe just like, I guess they could just be nondescript, like like little um, calculators or something. <laughs> little calculator <laughs> shoes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else that could be. That would be a great shoe, though. <gasps> Did I tell you what shoes I ordered? This is no. really off topic, but <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> um, Instagram has a really good, um, you know, advertising algorithm, and every time <laughs> I get, I'm sure they'll be very pleased to know that. <laughs> yeah. Every time I get an ad, like I usually click on it because it's always like stuff. I'm like, ooh, I'll buy that, or oh, this place is having a sale. I'll look and see what they have. That's hilarious. But the ones that I was advertised the other day, it was this um, company called like Coddy Cotter or something like that. C O D D I E. Um, and they make shoes that are fish shaped. What? <laughs> so I got like some. 3D I got some fish. rainbow trout flip flops. <laughs> so oh, I can't wait to see that. I'm really excited. So maybe those will be my magic data shoes. Will be my rainbow trout flip flops. Oh, that is so cool. We have to wear them every recording for the podcast. Yeah, they'll be my lucky, my lucky podcast shoes. <laughs> You're like the rainbow fish that lost a scale. Like, yeah, I love that. That is so cool. I'll show you a picture later. That's funny because according to a story on NPR only like three percent of people that see online ads click them what yeah. I'm like, yeah but back when the internet first started it was 50 percent so oh. well now they probably just it's over like they send you a million so you click on one yeah back then it was probably they had a million and you clicked on all million that's true and these are so like targeted like it knows mm-hmm. that you know exactly it was like everything i've been saying and like all that stuff that i need so some more funny. 10th kingdom products advertised to me yeah you really? start listening better Oh, one thing I wanted to bring about up was, like, one of the um, themes that we have been seeing um, so far is, like, how magic can be, like, addictive, I guess. Yeah. So, like, the kid, troll kids have some concerns with the dad being, like, addicted to wearing the magic shoes. And, um... Virginia clearly is feeling some yeah. sort of pull from them. Exactly. And then, um... Yeah. So, I guess if knowing that magic is addictive and the more you use it, the more you want to use it. Would you use your Croc shapeshifter shoes? <laughs> like, knowing you could get, like, addicted to them? Like, what do you... 
I mean, people can get addicted to plastic surgery. That's true. And that does not usually end well for people, so... I don't know. I I would think the temptation would be too hard to pass up, though. I'd definitely try it once. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like we're, we're, yeah. <laughs> wear my data magic shoes and be like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That goes back to the theme, too, that everything in this freaking world has a dark side to it. That's true. Even it's, the good stuff, so. Much like our world. Yeah. Well, very cool. Well, I think that wraps it up for us uh, this time, folks. Thanks for joining us for episode two of Wendell Radio. Woohoo! We'll catch you next time where we'll discuss the next 45 minutes of plot. And until then, Huff Puff. Huff Puff. Oops, during editing, we realized we totally forgot to tell you guys how to get in touch with us. If you want to tell us your favorite character, share um, when you started watching The Tenth Kingdom, you know, etc., etc., we are always happy to make friends with fellow lovers of The Tenth Kingdom. So if you want to find me, you can find me on Instagram at Brianna underscore rules, R-U-L-E-Z. And Alyssa, where can we find you? Um, you can email me at WendellRadio10 at gmail.com. Perfect. Well, we'll catch you guys uh, somewhere in the 10th kingdom, I guess. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. I'm wishing I was gone.